0: You're listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am Neil Rubenstein. And today I'll be sitting in traffic with comedian Ashley Gavin of Straight Girl, Gay Girl.
1: Uh-oh. Hello. Hello. Hey, I'm getting I'm getting like a like a clicky sound. Is that like from the recording? Oh,
0: uh, is it my signal? I turn my signal off. Is
1: that? Yeah, that's a lot better. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I was uh, changing lanes.
1: Very oh. dangerous.
0: I'm very, It's a very dangerous operation I'm running
1: here. Yeah, I I, I, I thought it. about that before. Do you get in the car specifically to drive, or do you just? Do it while you're busy.
0: No, yeah, I have to be in. I have to be driving. Okay.
1: Otherwise, I'm a sellout.
0: Otherwise, I'm faking it.
1: Taking it. <laughs> um, are we recording now, or do you like do you like record the whole thing? Like this will be in there, or? Yeah, this will be in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll probably
0: take out the uh oh at front. Well, now now I won't. Now I'll leave it. <laughs> 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 uh, but, yeah, ordinarily, I probably would have taken out that uh-oh, like, because there's always, like, a weird, um, there's always, like, a weird moment when I first merge the calls because I, like, have this, like, phone tap thing I have to use. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm driving, so there's, like, always, like, a second or two where it's, like, weird for a second because I'm, like, trying to figure out if it's working and that you're trying to figure out if it's working. Right. Um, so, like, usually I'll edit, like, the first, like, second or two because it's, like, a weird, is this work? is this thing on? Can you hear me now kind of thing? Right. But, but sometimes I'll leave it. Today I'll leave it. Cause and
1: is, and uh, most people are cool about it, and they just keep going, and I am insecure and and wanted to ask about it.
0: Not – I feel like everyone asks. I feel like everyone asks.
2: I feel like oh. every
0: episode starts with, so we're just in it? Like, yeah, we're in it. <laughs>
1: I should have probably listened to the show.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, maybe, Dick. That might have that yeah, might, that have, might cool. have helped me get prepared and <laughs> prove that I'm like a professional and that I care about you as a person and the work that you're doing. Yeah, uh, all right, whatever. I feel like most of my friends first time listening to this
0: show. Is the one they're on? Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> like I don't
0: saying,
1: listen to like, podcasts unless I'm on them.
2: All
0: right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I don't feel. Uh, you're not making me
1: feel shitty. You know? <laughs> I I'm, feel I'm like kind of making. My, I feel like I've just made myself look shitty. You're you're doing great. I'm the one who looks like <laughs> a douchebag. <new snack. laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, I don't think that I don't think that's true. Although I will say that it's funny how like uh uh you had to I had to prove to you that I was funny before you were like, All right, I'll do your podcast. I'll do your stupid toy that's game. That's Not at all <laughs> <laughs> happened. Like, oh not. Neil's funny, I, I wanna do the podcast now.
1: No, I knew you were funny before uh-huh. the first time you asked me to do the podcast, just to clarify. For whoever listens to this, besides me. Oh, oh um, thank you for downplaying my audience. <laughs> no, you, no. Neil, Neil's a great comedian, and this thing is legit. He's had some really cool people <laughs> on it. But when he asked me to do it, something the first time something happened. I either got sick. I can't remember. It was so long ago because I don't. I don't miss these things. I, there's, I'm just looking great right now. But for, I think I might have been sick. I think that's what happened, and I missed his call because. I was either sleeping or just like not, you know, not looking at my phone because I was sick and I completely forgot and I stood him up. And so thank God you were actually driving somewhere. Cause if you do get in the car just to drive around for the show, I would have felt a lot worse.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I think that actually that episode, I just drove around pining <laughs> for your voice. <laughs> uh, wish I was talking to Ashley right now. No, it was fine. I think – I I forget what it was, but there was like – it was a week or like a a period of time where I was kind of like stockpiling episodes. So I had like a bunch of stuff scheduled that week anyway, so it wasn't like –
1: Yay, I'm glad. I felt really bad about it. Um, And then I learned uh, that if someone wrongs Neil – they're like on a list. And when I learned learned about Neil's list, I thought, oh no, I'm on the list. (laughs) And then I've been trying to get on the show. I've been trying (laughs) to get on the show. And he wouldn't let me on, and I thought it's because of the list. But now I'm on, and I I picked up the phone, and so I feel like we're on the right track. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's all gravy from here. If something happens in the next uh, 40 minutes, we, you know, we just we just pick up we pick up at another time. We're fine. So you uh you came out of the gate gay. You were gay right from the beginning.
1: Uh in 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 life. Yeah, I mean yeah. you yeah. that your born gay. I mean, what's the question? <laughs> I know, but I mean, like <laughs> uh, is that your way of telling the audience a critical fact about me? No, no, I, feel, I
0: like I like talking. My favorite things to talk about are like race relations and uh, sexual I uh, like human sexuality. Oh, okay.
1: Well, then, uh, I mean, I guess I always knew I was gay. And like retrospectively, you look back and you're like, oh man, I was like, like I had a huge crush on a like my first big crush was on a girl, and that you know that must have been I must have been like eight or nine. Uh, you know, like typical, like you're a kid. It's like like a half crush. You know, like it's not. Uh, but like, you know, you don't, that's a weird thing. You don't tell, you don't, you don't come out when you're eight or nine. Like you don't really, you're still kind of figuring it out. I I didn't come out until I was 20 or like 21. Um, Oh really? But like, but I always knew, I just sort of hoped it would go away. Because, you know, you hear, oh, it's a phase or. You know, oh, you're. You, some people are bisexual, so I thought maybe, oh, maybe I'll meet a guy. I just kind of hoped it would go away, and it, and it didn't really go away. And then, then once I had like my first out relationship, and especially where I was going to college, which was such an, a tolerant place, like it was so easy to be out. So I was just like, oh, this is great. Like this is great. I like I like being out. It's fun. It's better than where, being in the closet. You went to an all-girls school. I went to women's college. Yeah.
0: Oh, is that not the right? Am I? like
1: was like. That, I, that was the, the polite way. Of, when I say yeah, well that, was, that, was, that was the polite. My being polite. It was fun. <laughs> being like, oh, did you go to a Catholic girls high school for college? Is that <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Did you go laughs> for college. Uh, did you go to a summer camp for college? Did you go to a sleepover? I did. I went did to a sleepover. I went <laughs> to sleepover college. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you, were you in you, – because you have material about it, so you were in relationships in high school or before, or, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, my first. just kept it.
1: My first girlfriend, I think, was in the eighth grade. It was the eighth grade, but I, I loved, I loved her on the last day of seventh grade. That's when I was like, I think that was the first time I ever fell in love. And, and that, and then
0: uh, you kept like you you stayed in relationship and just kept quiet, like you just didn't tell
1: anyone. Yeah, or? I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my therapist. I. Had a, my dad died and, and so when I was a kid, and so I was in therapy. I've been in therapy since I was a little kid, and I didn't even tell him. Like, that's how – that's – that's you know, he's obligated, you know, by an oath not to tell anybody anything like that, and I still wouldn't tell him.
0: Did you uh, – how do you keep something like that secret? I guess you're just like – you're just playing with your friend, right? Like, you're just like –
1: yeah, there's a lot of sleepovers, which are the best. Sleepovers are the best. Um, but, yeah, you're just hanging out with your with your friend. I mean, obviously, like, other kids in my school and the teachers, like, probably could tell that. I think it was more – I think everyone knew that I was just obsessed with her because I, pri- I was just obsessed with her. But I think people didn't think she liked me because she – of the two of us, like – She's she identifies as straight. Like we now she we talked about it. She's had like a crushes on a couple girls, but like on the spectrum of sexual, sexuality, she's definitely like leans definitely straight. So that's how she identifies because like what do you what do you say? Like, oh, I'm the tiniest bit gay, like you come out to everyone as the <laughs> tiniest bit gay. Like that's a weird thing to do. Like, it's not like no first of all, no one's gonna believe you and people are gonna be why are you telling me this? Um, but I don't think she's been with another girl besides me. But anyway, so people didn't think she was gay. And I think everyone just kind of thought that I was an idiot. <laughs> and then you had more relationships with women after that, but with
0: with keeping it secret.
1: Yeah, I dated two girls in high school. The first girl I dated off and on just through all four years of high school. And the other girl I dated in the ninth grade, and then I got to college. And then there were, like, some – then there's also weird non-sexual relationships, which I, have like, termed this uh, phrase called boyfriending. Uh, coined this term. Uh, it's called boyfriending, which is, uh, like, um, when a girl treats you like her boyfriend, but, like, you don't do anything. I guess a lot of guys feel that this is the friend zone, except that, like, emotionally you're dating, you know? It's sort of like – it's a, it's kind of a weird place to be, um, and I, I did that with like a, like a ton of, I can't even count how many girls put me in that position, um, before I was like, you know, looked back and was like, oh, that was, that was weird. <laughs> and, and, and is
0: that your fault or their fault? Like, oh, it's completely. Fault, but...
1: I mean, I should have been like, if I had really known what was going on, I should have been like, hey, we're in an emotional relationship. Are you interested in being in a real relationship with me? Not real, but you know, a, a, a full, complete relationship with me. Uh otherwise I gotta stop we gotta stop like dating. Um, I should have done that. But like when you're sixteen, you that that's like a very complicated thing to understand. Uh it it still happens now, but like I'm way more I'm way more closed off. Like I'll because I you know, you don't wanna be experimented with in that way and it's it's not i don't really blame the other person because sexuality is such like a difficult i think it's actually harder to be bisexual or like somewhere on the spectrum than it is to be gay because at least when you're like really gay it's so apparent in your life and you have to come out and you like have to do something about it and you have to like integrate this into your identity but if you're not if you're bi and like you're a feminine or girl or you're a masculine guy and you have these feelings. Like I imagine that could be really confusing and very difficult to integrate into your identity. And so I don't really blame them for having a hard time with it. Yeah. It right. sucks that like it's taken out on me, but like I'm, I have a lot of empathy for considering these are like literally every woman I've dated is in this position. I have a lot, <laughs> a lot of empathy for them.
0: Yeah. That, that's a weird thing. But, like for me,
1: uh, I would
0: not want that. Yeah, uh, it sucks. <laughs> how do I? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm like trying to like phrase it. Uh, so like, women in my life, I, I have to be very clear. Like, you know, in my in my head, I have to be very clear in my head. Like, this this is not sexual, Neil. You know, like don't don't get turned on by this person. Like, no right. matter how attractive they are, don't – this is not sexual because, you know, all the other things in my life. So, like, if I
1: had to also do that with men, it would be like, oh, <laughs> Jesus.
0: Like, I
1: do Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I think the thing that people really don't get is, like, uh, we live in, like, a binary – because of monogamy, and I, like, believe in monogamy. I'm not, like, one of these people who's like, fuck whatever. whatever. Like, I believe that you can have, like, a constructive – monogamous relationship. But because we live in a society where monogamy is like the way you the, the the gender of course the sexuality spectrum becomes binary. Because whoever you're dating that's what you are, right? Like it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight, like whoever you're dating that's your sexuality. Cuz that's the person people're going to see you walking down the street with, that's the person in your Facebook photos, blah blah blah. So, like, if you have a sexuality that's, like, on the spectrum, like, how do you, and our identities are so important to us, like, how do you present that identity in a way that makes you feel, you know, fully yourself? So, like, I don't know, it's a very, it's, like, a super complicated problem that I'm sure in, like, a hundred years society will have worked it out, but I'm kind (laughs) of, you know, it's like You give it a hundred years... Yeah, i give it 100 years.
0: Is it like, longer or shorter? I, I think it's way longer. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be longer. It could be longer. I don't know. But definitely not in my lifetime. I know I'm not going to – I know that it's not going to be – it's not going to go away. So I have to either, yeah. I have to be okay. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm, like, so tired of people telling me to g- date gay women. But I'm just so tired of it. Like, people are like, well, why don't you date gay women? First of all, it's like – People think there are so many gay people out there. There aren't, like, people, the statistic is people think that 25% of the population is gay, and the actual population of gay people is, like, 3 or 5%. It's so, so small. So, well, it's, they're so goddamn loud. And they're no. really, very loud about it. We're constantly, constantly just telling everyone we're gay. Um, this is true for me. This, I, can't, I am definitely part of that. Seriously. Um, I rub it in everyone's face. I don't care. Um, so when people are like, oh, just date a gay woman. It's like if 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 a woman is attracted to me and I'm attracted to her, what should I do? Just be like, no, I'm not doing this, and just kind of wait around for a better. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not gonna wait around if I meet someone who we get along great and you know what I mean. Like yeah yeah no I get it. <laughs> like if that person makes me happy, I just want to be happy.
0: I worked for a uh I worked for a rock and roll musician, I'll say. Um a real jerk off. But uh his whole thing was uh he would he would only sleep with gay women or straight men. Because <laughs> it made him feel like, you know it made him feel sure. like a rock star. Yeah, like you know. Uh, I'm getting people to do things they wouldn't ordinarily do because I'm the greatest on earth. Wow! But really, he's just a jerk off. And...
1: Yeah, that's not my motivation. <laughs> just by <laughs> <laughs> I have dated like uh, I've dated a girl who's like definitely bi, and she's like out as bi, and she dates other girls and other guys and whatever. I, I just I'm just gonna date whoever whoever I have a connection with, and I don't really I don't, I'm not gonna like. I think anyone who thinks that they have criteria is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You, you can't, like, like you, can't, you can't help who you fall in love with is what I'm trying to say. Like, that's just, like, that's just the well, fact.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, but now uh, you're supposing
1: that uh, love and sex are uh, equal. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's more complicated than that, but. Yeah. Basically, stop telling me to date gay women, everyone listening to this podcast, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is just me. Uh, hey! hey. <laughs> that's not cool, Ashley. Not cool at all.
2: <laughs> I know. What, you uh, are listening.
0: That's why I did it. <laughs> what? Uh, everybody who's listening, uh, tweet at Ashley and tell her she's being a jerk. Um, <laughs> that's fine. It's, that's zero people.
2: <laughs> um I hope I get some
0: I hope so because 'cause it'll make me feel like uh there's people out there that listen. What's up with uh
1: straight girl, gay girl? I was literally and, editing uh, it when you called. Yeah. Um I'm I'm just oh, so yeah, so it's people fine know. no, no. <laughs> that's just what I'm doing on my Saturday. I uh just so people know I I uh, with my writing partner we raised uh, 20k on kickstarter to fund this uh, series that i'm working on and uh, we were going to self-release it but now we're kind of on other people's timelines because there's some places that we've been pitching pitching it to that you don't want to see it or um, they have an interest in distributing it so we don't we don't have a firm answer about when it's going to be released but uh it's it's we're really happy with where it's going the only thing we're unhappy about is that we can't release it and show anybody. So so people are like, are you still doing that? Is that still a thing? Uh, and it takes, like, a really long time to sell a TV show, actually. It takes a very long time. Yeah. I know people in development deals just, uh, like,
0: their whole lives get stale, you know?
1: Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about it, but, uh, you know, at a certain you, – you could get caught in that cycle forever is what I'm realizing. Like, at yeah. a certain point. You do have to pull the trigger. I don't think we're there yet, but um, it, it is a thing. It's still real. <laughs> we did make what's, it. it, <laughs> what's, it uh, what's it about? What's, what, can you talk,
0: what can you tell people? Yeah,
1: so it's sort of this um, – the way we describe the kind of genre is, I guess technically it's sketch because everything's super short. They're all about one minute long, these episodes. Um, but the cool thing is that it features the same characters every time. So we like to describe them as like the cold openings from the office, like the little sketches with the characters from the office that happened before the show or any cold opening, really. Um, So it's like a series of all cold openings uh, between these two characters, my character um, and my writing partner, Lee's. One of us is straight, one of us is gay, I'm obviously the the gay one, and it kind of explores the different way, ways that we handle different things. Some of them are silly. Just like cooking or working out, and some of them are more serious, like breakups. They're all really funny though, um, and it was a lot of fun. All
0: right. So in the show, it's a clear binary sexuality, right? You're gay. Yeah.
1: She's straight. But your philosophy is that it's sex- the show definitely touches on it. There are moments for both of us where we do things the way you wouldn't expect us to do them, and that's and kind of explore sexuality in a way that you that you wouldn't expect. And I think that's just part of, um, that's part of the point that we're trying to make is like, it's called gay girl, straight girl. And some other things are, you know, funnily stereotypical in like a playful way, but other things are meant to like push the, push people's understanding of that, like a spectrum is kind of like a silly thing. Um, It doesn't do it in a PSA kind of way. It doesn't really hit the nail on the head, like the way that Neil and I just had that conversation. It just kind of plays Plays with that idea as a as a fun game. I get to I wear like a sparkly sequin dress in one of the episodes after a walk of shame. It's it's you know it plays with it in fun ways. Can you walk of shame as a uh, as a gay woman? Do people shame?
0: Do people slut shame gay people?
1: I guess is the is ah interesting. No, I don't I don't think we have to deal with that as much as straight women. I think that's pretty much an exclusively straight woman problem. Uh, I think bi girls get it. Bi girls get it just because they're bi. Like, oh, you're a bi girl cuz you're slutty and you just want to fuck everyone. That's that's, a, that's a, one of the stereotypes. Um, or you're just doing it for attention. You want like sexual attention. That's why you're that's why you're bi. Um, which is obviously not true. Uh, yeah, no. But I've never well, i I've never had a one-night stand, so I can't really I've never been on a walk of shame. Yeah, and I don't think people would even know if I were on. I think I, think I just look like a gay girl walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, like uh,
0: yeah, or like you just left a sleepover party. Oh, right. Oh, like, just,
1: I just left a slumber party. Yeah, I just left yeah. my women's college to run to the to the corner store. Yeah, every morning. Yeah, every morning at the old girls' school
0: is is welcome. Everyone's doing a walk of jam.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Was it is it like that at all there? Like is it is
1: it uh crazy sexual at um, the girls school? No, I, would, I I keep saying it. Um I would say <laughs> there's the girls I think the women feel who are straight feel like more comfortable exploring their sexuality. I wouldn't say there are that many more gay I mean, there's obviously more gay women than in like Kansas. You know, but I don't know if there's, like, more gay women than here in New York at a women's college, you know? How do you feel about the measures that this administration
0: is taking to take away female rights and uh, – and?
1: Uh... Yeah, you know, a lot of – I think actually it comes down to something that I say a lot, which is that uh, I think it's harder to be a woman than to be gay. Um, and I feel like you're seeing that – Kind of playing out obviously the trans bathroom issue that's that's a really big deal um that affects trans people obviously more than gay people um uh but um i'm more worried about like my abortion rights and just a general feeling that the president you know is a admitted sexual predator um, and I think that you know, I'm, I'm most concerned about the way that's going to like affect people in society. I think it already has. I feel like people are emboldened to be more sexually aggressive, um, yeah. and that, that's something I, I've actually already dealt with. Like the day after the election, I couldn't believe how I, I I got catcalled more. I got yelled at in the street more. Like it was very, it was a very strange experience. That that was like. Literally the day after the election, so I'm more concerned as my, of my rights and sort of society as a whole as as a woman than a than a gay person. Like he, I don't know if they're gonna roll back gay marriage. I don't think they are. Um, you know, I I'm not sure what else. I, I don't think they'll roll back don't ask don't tell or the ban on that. So I'm most worried as a woman. Do you, do you think there would have been a
0: backlash anyway? Like how. Uh, quote unquote progressive we've gotten
2: with
0: uh, not being sexually aggressive that there would have been a backlash at some point from like the tinder generation
1: yeah or, me, I don't know I guess that's a good that's a good point I yeah I don't know I mean everyone seems to think that like everybody's so PC and sensitive um, I don't as a comedian I don't really feel that way like a lot of people are like oh you go to colleges like isn't it so, like, don't they just, like, not laugh at any of your jokes? And I'm just like, no, they don't. Like, I joke about race and sexuality and all this different stuff, and they laugh because I'm presenting it in a non-offensive way. Like, if you get up there and you're like, Mexicans are lazy. Like, yeah, of course. Like, people are going to be like, that makes me mad. Um, I don't know, I guess. But I feel like a lot of the backlash is from an older, an older generation and not so much millennials. But... Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, but then you hear about like all these younger people on like Reddit like writing these terrible things and trolling and it's with the internet it's so hard to know who those people really are. Um yeah. and how, and how how many of them are there and rather than just how vocal they are, you know. I'm not like super tapped into I feel a little I feel like I am in that bubble. I feel disconnected from who those people are.
0: But, and that's because of here, or because of uh, your sexuality, or because you're a woman, Do you, like, or is it probably all of the
1: above. Like, I live in New York City. I don't go seeking that stuff out. I don't go seeking out to be parts of those communities. And I think that people in those communities don't really talk to me about how they feel. Um, you know, I did a show at a club the other night and I could tell most of the audience had been barked in from Times Square. Barked in means that like they were outside in Times Square and someone was like free comedy show or comedy show and they came in and um you know a lot of them were from they were from all over the country and a lot of my material is about being gay and then I have a lot of material that's not and when I'm in a crowd like that I don't really talk about being gay because even just mentioning it even my best jokes i i believe my very best jokes are about being gay but they don't work on the crowd even if they're not particularly sexual or partisan because people just get uncomfortable they they see they see they feel like they can't talk to me i think is what happens i think they feel disconnected from me um when i say that i'm gay and i have opinions about it so i don't particularly feel like these people want to talk to me either. I don't think that they would have an honest discussion with me about their their politics. Do
0: you, do you experience that out in the world like when you do other uh other areas the
1: uh is there a prejudice based I, on your looks? Um Honestly, a lot of the people can't tell until I say it because they don't know any lesbians. The only lesbians they know have like are from television and have, like, buzzed haircuts and wear bowling shirts and shit. So, like, they, they can't tell that I'm gay, whereas, like, anyone who's met someone gay can tell that I'm gay. So, like, that's the first thing. Like, I have to, like, come out to them uh, because a lot of times – i'll start my set by saying oh i'm gay you can stop thinking about it and that usually gets a laugh because people are like oh i was thinking about it but when i go in front of those crowds they don't they don't respond to that because uh they literally they weren't they, they weren't hadn't thinking. they yeah they weren't thinking about it they were just like oh this is like kind of a tomboy or or something um and you know i don't experience prejudice i think as much as i experience like fear like I think I, I'm still trying to figure out what's going through their minds because I don't know. Like I can't ask them what was going through your head during my set. Um but I think it's fear. I think it's like what is she going to say? Like oh, is she going to She going to like yell at men? Is she going to is she going to like just talk about vaginas? Like what is she going to do? Um and fear is not a great feeling for the audience to to have. So I just largely ignore it in those rooms um which significantly depletes the amount of time i can do you know like i could do a lot more if i if i can talk openly about my sexuality do you feel uh do
0: you feel you're doing a disservice to the art by curtailing what uh what you would say to different uh
1: yeah i think that's a fair question maybe a little bit but on the other hand if i bomb consistently in these places they're never even going to bring me in so right right just kind yeah. of spoon, kind of spoon feeding it little by little like even ellen when you think about it is the ultimate like like example of someone who is gay and has been able to become someone that you know pretty much everyone in america loves like everyone loves ellen But she doesn't talk about being gay in her stand-up. You know, it's not something she even talks about in her show. Um, And I think it's very smart of her to do that because – and it's not really her style either. Like, she's very much – she does the kind of stand-up and humor that she wants to do. And I think she's amazing, and she's one of my favorite comedians. Um, But, you know, you have to wonder if she were more – if her style were more – social, political commentary, um, could she have gone as far as she has?
0: Do you think that her being gay helped her? Like getting notoriety at a certain point? Like when she did come out of the closet and didn't she lose her show because of it? She lost
1: her show because she came out of the closet and, and basically Put her like kind of disappeared for a little bit and then she did some stand up specials and then she was in Finding Nemo and then she but got does her that,
2: show. But
1: her oh, session, she got her talk show after Finding Nemo? I think so. I think so. Maybe not. But she really was like, after. Doesn't like controversy help you
0: uh, get into the public
1: eye? totally i think so and i think for her gay fans they really appreciated it i think for her like gay rallied fans behind her.
2: yeah yeah
1: but i don't know i mean that's a great question would she be less famous if she weren't gay i don't i don't i really don't think you can, i don't think so because i think really her talent is what made her so successful she's so talented and she's so she's really
0: yeah one of the best uh for sure um
1: so I don't think so, but who knows what would have happened with her career, like, her, if her sitcom had never been canceled. You know what I mean? Like, who knows what direction she would have gone.
0: Like, if her sitcom just got canceled for poor ratings. Yeah. Uh, we might not have never – I feel like we might not have ever heard from her again.
1: Right, yeah. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I mean
0: I don't know I don't like I don't want to come across as like saying like oh you know she's only big she's gay. like that's not what I'm saying at all I just think that there is that other strategy
1: I mean everyone loves a comeback too
2: so yeah. Yeah. like ha-
1: her having faced that adversity and then like America kind of coming around about sexuality you know you know just having aged and that more and more people know gay people and they're more accepting of gay marriage and blah 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 like that and her being able to make a comeback is kind of a great thing. I mean, I think right. everyone wants a comeback in in America yeah. especially.
0: Except like the uh ultra rich who were born ultra rich, they hate when people come back. <laughs> 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 They're like, "No, no, no, stay stay broke and obscure." Um, but we have spoken uh, we've spoken about that in the past where I really believe that people utilize the strategy of like causing grief to get noticed and then because it's easier to apologize for it later than to get attention being the nice person.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a spectrum of that, right? Like the, the the lowest end of the spectrum is just taking risk, which I think is what Ellen did. She was like, I'm just going to take a risk. I'm going to come out on my show and I'm going to, I'm gonna show the world who I am and I'm gonna make a great show and I'm also gonna be gay and out and that is like the risk side of it and then I think on the all the way on the other side there's like Kanye West who is like a genius at making controversy and coming back from like saying crazy shit and like kind of making himself a public figure through controversy so I, I do think like yeah shaking things up is not a taking risk, you know, you have to do that as an artist. And then I think there are the people who, you just use it in different ways. Like some people are using it for their art, you know, and other people are using it directly to influence their standing in the public eye.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. So like everything's, everything's a spectrum to you, huh? To you gay people?
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> if you're seeing a theme here, I believe in the gray area. I think every I think anyone who doesn't believe that there's literally freaking everything in the gray areas. Like how how much living have you done? Like none. No living.
0: Yeah, that's a weird thing too. Like I I guess you can just point that out. Like if you're if you're a black and white kind of person, you're probably a more sheltered person.
1: Yeah. I, I really do see like why you have not encountered anything beyond what you were kind of, what you're kind of comfortable with, and if you have, you've like kind of turned your head. You're just been like, that's weird. I don't want to misquote this article that I read, but I read this whole article on like the differences between the the people who are tend to be liberal versus tend to be conservative, like the differences in their brains. And it was really interesting. It was like um a lot of, but I think a lot of it came down to that like the, like morality, having a right and a wrong was something that, and, and structure and order was really important to conservative people. And so you, you, I think it's kind of easy to see the faults with, with that, you know, you kind of get judgmental or whatever, whereas liberals are much more open-minded and can be much more easily swayed, you know, they like they grab onto tra- trends faster, but then they're willing to like leave those trends behind when they realize like, oh, that was just a stupid thing. Um. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, there's, a,
0: there's actually there's a lot to
1: unpack there. I don't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. You can cut it if you want, because we're so no, busy no. discussing the flow of this <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, listen, lady, I'm a little sick of you making fun of the podcast. Uh, what? If, like, but if you. What about the people that change? You know what I mean? Like, so... Yeah, I don't know. What about, like, a,
1: like people who become more conservative as they get older? That's, weird, that's weird to me. Obvi- I mean, like, on the one hand, you want to think it's just because, oh, they're older, so the world has changed, and they're just not getting what they're used to, and that's why they become conservative. Like, that's one theory. But then I'm like, I'm not so... I don't know. I'm not so sure. Like, I don't know. You hear that all the time. I'm definitely not becoming more. I guess the first time that I felt more conservative than people younger than me was this election with Bernie. Um, I felt like with Bernie, I felt like I don't think he's going to be able to get the stuff done that he's promising he can get done. You know, that's sort of I felt like. And then I also felt like he was too far left to be electable. That was like another thing that I thought um, the, thing, the biggest thing was like the free, the the free school like that, that I was like, there's just literally no way that's ever going to, that's ever going to happen um, in, in the U.S. like overnight. Like, that's a very long term project, uh, but I was like, am I just like, am I old now? Like, do I, is there something I'm missing here? because, uh, like, I I thought – I really got confused because, like, I was like, aren't I more liberal for wanting the woman in office? Like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Where do I – am I more conservative for wanting Hillary? Or am I – you know, it was like one of those things where I was like, where where do I stand on this? I felt old. I, I did. Yeah, I don't – well,
0: I <sighs> – yeah, I mean, I'm not – a. I voted Hillary because of the alternative, but I would have gladly not voted for Hillary had they given me literally any other viable option.
1: I mean, I would have so voted really for know. any Democrat, too. I, there's no, there's literally no way in hell I would have not voted because I didn't like either of the options. Like, when I hear that, yeah. it just makes me want to jump off a building. It's like, really, is that how little – like, you, you must understand – that you're throwing away your vote when you do that. Like you, you, you must know you're you are choosing an outcome. Um, I I, tr- I tried having that
0: conversation with somebody, and uh, yeah, man, they got real defensive, and I was like, oh, I guess you can't say this to some. All right.
1: I mean, it's <laughs> I'll, I'll, very. I'll add this
0: to the list of things I can't say, like girl school and midget.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like a super. It's super weird to me that people don't don't see how, especially this year after this year. Anyone who does it after this year, with the, with the vote so close in so many states, you know, three or four states where there were like razor thin margins, and you didn't think your vote mattered. Like that's just crazy to me that I, or like you didn't think that you could. You thought somehow by not voting, you were making a stance. Like should just go in and write in your candidate if that's really how you feel. I mean, that that I even disagree with, too. But, like, if you feel so strongly, you should at least make your voice heard about it. Yeah,
0: uh, I agree. I have to honk. Come on, move up, dude, because I can't fucking park and you have plenty of room. Move up.
1: (laughs) Uh, What are you today? I was thinking about doing the 430, but I have to edit this footage that I'm working on, and so I think that might be more important than hitting, like, a fourth mic.
0: Yeah, I get that for sure.
1: But I hate hate doing less than three mics in a day or, like, three sets in a day. If I do less than three, I feel – I can't really work on a new joke unless I do it three times in one day. Like I, it's more productive for me to be at home writing and thinking about the joke and talking out the joke than to only do it twice in one day. I don't know if that I, I don't know if a lot of comics feel that way, but I feel like I have to do a joke three. You first of all, the first time you do a joke is usually like a wash, and then like the second time you do it, you're like, oh okay, there were some good things here that I should like repeat, and if I don't repeat them a third time. I really feel like I'm going to lose what I got from that day. Right. But I might be a weirdo.
0: No, uh, that makes sense. Um, I mean, everyone's got their own little thing with it. Um, I don't know. I like to – I don't know. It's weird, man. I guess, like, I'm still still figuring it out because some days – uh, it helps to like say the joke eight times, and then some days it helps to just stare at the joke on a piece of paper for a minute. Right. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I sit down to write, and I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm gonna figure it out, and then I figure it out, or I don't figure it out, and then sometimes I'm just like in the shower, and I'm like, ah, oh, I just figured it out.
1: Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big shower take a walk, talk it out type person. And then once I like – that's usually where I'll like unlock the problem because I feel like with a joke, a lot of times it's like a puzzle. And once you find that critical piece, like you can fill in the rest of the pieces. So that's when I like – that's when I really sit down with a pen and paper, like once I've like unlocked that problem. Um, But until I've done that, I really need to – get up, experiment, talk in the shower, talk it out. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's like,
0: um... yeah man, jokes are hard. Jokes are hard. stuff's... Stuff's tough, I don't like it. I don't like how hard it is for
1: me. I think it's hard for everybody. I feel all the time that I'm not a good writer. Like, all the time, I'm like, oh, I'm not a good writer. Nah, nah, nah. I think you're a great writer. Like, you're one of the people where I'm like, I don't write like that. Like, I don't write with that precision. Um, but I'm trying not to do that because it's not a productive use of my time. Uh,
0: thank you. I appreciate that compliment. But I feel as though um, the precision is kind of what's keeping me held back a little Really? Ah, yeah, that's what like,
1: I feel like I lack.
0: I don't know. I feel like I spend so much time agonizing over, does this where I go first? Does this where I go first? Does this word go, mm. go first?
1: You know what? You know when that happens to me is, is actually when I'm editing footage. When I'm editing, I've come to a point where I realize, like, I'm so, so annoying about, like, getting the it to, like, the exact millisecond. Before And then I had a realization when watching some other footage, like, on a TV show on TV, and I noticed, like, a mistake. And I was like, oh, like I, and I've seen this TV show many times, this episode many times, and I was like, oh, I literally never noticed that. And that's when I realized, like, oh, like, 90% is close enough sometimes. Like, sometimes that last 10% is actually meaningless. Like, yes, it is. It could be 10% better. But would that actually raise your last by 10 percent like no probably there seems to be like a certain ceiling where you where if you're being economical like you should just let it rest
0: yeah like no one's going to notice that uh that little thing that little mistake or whatever
1: yeah and some it. and sometimes i i feel like it's not a linear path like sometimes that removing that extra word changes the entire joke and it gets much much better and like as a comedian you kind of have to have the judgment to know you don't always know but you hope that you have the judgment to know this is fine as it is versus i need to cut this or i need to change the order or something like that
0: right 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 like they'll get they'll get the joke they'll get the joke if i don't deliver. the I don't know, man, because when, when I'm writing, uh, I'm just, like, getting angry thinking about it.
1: <laughs> I felt that way last night, and now I'm like, jokes are weird, because, like, last night, the, the the joke that I'm working on right now is no different than whatever it was last night. Like, I haven't performed it since. But last night, I fucking hated it. I was like, that sucks. But, like, this morning, I feel excited and... And into it.
0: Yeah, I've been like working on these jokes and then uh, I realized that uh, I can't do them outside of New York. So now I'm like, oh, well, that was like two wasted weeks. So now I'm like kind of trying to refigure them to see if I can uh, yeah i'm lucky because i get to get up on long island once a week for like real audiences yeah so so um and that's like that that audience out there is pretty much what the rest of the world is like so i'm able to try a joke and be like hey is this gonna work in the world and then they all look at me like i'm a lunatic and i'm like oh no no it's not okay Uh,
1: uh, see, I just, like, uh, the way I do that is I just accept that it doesn't work, and I just move on to the next thing, and then I sort of hope through accumulation. Like, I always know the set that I can do in in the cities, you know, New York, Boston, D.C., Portland, L.A., like, those jokes, um, I know I have more material for those audiences than for, like, Long Island, but I don't write specifically for a Long Island I just I just know that if I write enough I will have stuff that will transfer, you know.
0: No, well that's what I mean, like that audience is the Latrobe, uh, you know, Kentucky, Indiana, you know, it's that audience. It's the same audience. Right. So if I if I do it out there and it doesn't work, then I know it's not gonna work in the rest
1: of the universe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it
0: and if it does work then I know I can, you know, with the with a tweak of a change the name of the airport or whatever it is, then I, right. you know I can. I don't know.
1: Shit's hard, man. oh, uh, so hard. Are we talking right now, or are we still on the podcast?
0: We're on the thing. We can. I can <laughs> take it out if you want. I don't no,
1: no, no, no. I'm just curious. I cause... I'm just curious, Such an authentic conversation, like this is a conversation we might have not on a podcast. Yeah, I think that's the, uh,
0: I feel like, and you know, you would know if you listen to any of the other episodes, but uh, (laughs) I feel like a lot of my episodes are like this, where it just breaks down to like, oh, we're having a phone conversation, you know, people. Yeah,
1: I like it, it's cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. I'm actually going into my fridge right now because I'm like, oh, this is just like a casual conversation
0: when <laughs> I look
1: in my fridge. <laughs> it is a casual
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> you should
0: look at your fridge. Were you drinking a canned beverage through a
1: straw? No. Oh. Oh, oh actually, I was sipping, like, the co- remains of my coffee through a straw, but I think I... I don't think I was doing that. I can't remember if I was doing that while I was talking to you. Yeah, well, it was it in a can. No, no, it was huh. a plastic cup. There was there was a there was ice in the cup. Uh, I don't know if that would have. I, don't know. <laughs> I always get weirded out when I see people drinking
0: canned beverages through a straw. And I don't want oh, why. Yeah. Doing no, it.
1: fuck it. Th- uh, well, yeah, me too. But like, we've come on. What have you ever heard on the news that someone died because they sipped it out of the can? Like, no, that has never fucking happened. Yeah. No one's. Uh, oh, oh, the fault of this was a canned beverage that was not sipped through a th- straw. Like yeah, that.
0: <laughs> the the Cody Coli from the, lipping a can.
1: H- had only they sipped it through a straw, they would be alive today. Like that, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that's
2: happened. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of funny. Uh, I mean, maybe we should use that. Yeah, maybe. Huh. God, you
0: got it. You take it. Okay. You, you take it. You developed it.
1: There you I'm, go. I'm thinking about. I'm trying to, like, come up with an ending for a story. I I was going to submit to Ari Shafir's show this story that I did when I did the hour at Caroline. But my manager was like, don't do that because then it's burned. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is this is an hour I care about. This is a story that I care about. And... Uh, burned, though, like... I know the concept of burned is really weird to me, and like I kind of don't believe it, but I worry about the legal ramifications. Like, also, not gone. It's not burned if it's a massive thing. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, exactly. That's like, why you're not
0: you're not burning you're it. You're you're putting it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're using it. You're putting it out. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of comedians worry too much about what's being burned the only reason i wouldn't want to use it on a short form show is because it is so important to my hour like if i didn't have it i wouldn't know how to close my hour like that's how important it is to me Um, by
0: the time it comes out it'll be september you don't have you don't think you're going to have another
2: chunk
1: no not not like aesthetically the way that i no but i know i know like everyone's like you're wrong that's not true and probably i'll look back and regret it but i just love it's like one of the i am very much a bi- i don't know if you noticed i'm very much a business person like i always <clears throat> feel like i have a good balance of art versus business and i i really don't think my it would be the same without it so i want to keep it. so what i'm trying to do is trying to find like another story that's sort of in the same realm um, and I'm like trying to find an ending for it because what I realize is like when you watch all of these, a lot of them don't really have an ending. They have like a yeah. hypothetical ending or like a like a moral of the story type ending. They don't have like a yeah. a factual plot based ending. So I'm like trying to figure yeah. out. That's that's one thing that I'm thinking about doing right now. That was a, that was kind of a waste of space in your podcast, I think. No, no,
0: so it's uh, all, all of these things are good because then it's like either, you know, uh, like a getting to know people or, you know, what's on their minds or, you know, getting inside the mind of, you know, someone. Right. You know what I
1: mean? That's cool.
0: And like hearing your opinion on it, someone's going to come up to me at some point and be like, yo, I listened to the thing with Ashley and what do you think about it? blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, like I never thought of it that way. And then it helps me in my life. Well, that's what uh, this is for me, man. It's fucking Right, terrible. this helps you in your life. Yeah, it keeps me from, like, screaming at people and, like, <laughs> slamming on the horn. But if I wasn't on the phone with you and that guy just did what he did to keep me from parking, I would have, like, <laughs> laid on the horn, maybe got out and fought him, you know? But now I'm just like, excuse me, actually, I have to honk at this gentleman for a second. <laughs> what, what did he do? Well, he saw that I was trying to back into a spot, and he saw that the light had turned red. Uh and instead of waiting one car length back from where he ended up and let me park and then he could have pulled forward to the red light that was red that he wasn't going through anyway he decided to pull up to the red light yeah which keeps me from being able to back into a spot because the back of his car is at the front of my car and i can't turn the steering wheel so then I was like, "Hey, move up! Like, if you're gonna do that, then move all the way up, so I can park." Right. But no, he just stood at the
1: light, and I was like, "All right, I have to honk." And I feel like I'm a bad the... driver. Huh? I feel like I'm a I'm a bad driver.
0: Well, you you, you wouldn't be courteous enough to know not to pull up the I'm light there.
1: I'm a courteous driver. I would know to do that, but I feel like. I started driving really late because I grew up in the city, so I didn't start driving until I was twenty-one. And I just feel like I'm I'm bad at it. It's something I'm very self-conscious about as a lesbian, like, <laughs> and, and a woman, like how, like I don't know, like I. But it also might be I may you know what I think I'm an average driver. Maybe that's what I am. Like I don't think I'm a good. It's something in my life that I do regularly that I don't think that I'm like good at. If I could hire a driver, I would do that. I would do that. Do you feel like that's the only thing that you do? That you don't <laughs> <to> excel <sell> at? <laughs> I realize that that was going to be the follow-up question. And yeah, like when I when I open my door with my keys, I'm awesome at that. When I flick on the light switch, <laughs> really, really, just amazing at flicking the light switch. Top uh, ten also, light switch flickers. Uh, right, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching TV, I'm just excel. No, I guess I I guess I want to be good at driving. I don't know. I don't even really know how to evaluate. Like I wish. <sighs> I just want to know. That I'm like, I don't know. You know what it is? I get distracted very easily when other people are in the car, and so because of that, I feel like I've had some moments where people are like, "Ashley, watch the road." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," because other people are in the car. You know, but this is basically a public service announcement not to drive with me. Uh, <laughs> I've never been in an accident. I've never really like, had an accident, and I've avoided accidents, and you know, in that way. But I'm so ADD, like, if someone else is in the car and we're, like, talking about jokes and stuff, I really feel like I could be a threat to society.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not good. No, it's not. Yeah, I feel like I'm a a pretty good driver, and uh, I need a slight distraction to keep me from getting angry at other drivers. I don't get angry. I'm afraid to use the horn and hurt anybody's feelings. Oh no, man! I get uh, I get furious. uh I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm here. I'm parked. Oh, okay. we well, have fun. Thank yeah. you for the
1: uh, uh, time and the opportunity.
0: Yeah, Ash. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting on me about doing this too. Like because I wanted you on, and I'm glad we did it.
1: And, yeah. Uh,
0: I- I probably would have been like, nah, she doesn't want to do it, so.
1: Oh, no, I always wanted to do it. I really did just get sick. No, that's all right. You're good. No,
0: we, we got it now. Yeah. I believe you now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm glad you believe me now. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks again, and I'll see you probably. I'll probably see you tonight. Yeah, I'll see you later. All right, man. Peace. Bye.
1: Work, Neil.